Welcome to the I Believe Podcast, an Acure Insight production, brought to you by Castle Biosciences. I'm your host, Danae Peterson, a fellow ocular melanoma survivor. Here on the podcast, we'll be sharing information and insights on treatments, research, and living with ocular melanoma. Castle Biosciences is a proud sponsor of this I Believe podcast. Castle Biosciences tests are designed to provide clinicians precise and personalized tumor information for the benefit of patient care. If you would like more information about how Castle is transforming the treatment of eye cancer, visit castletestinfo.com. Hey, Omis, this is Danae. Just wanted to pop in here and talk to you guys a little bit about a few things that I see in Facebook groups, especially just when you guys tag me and things in different groups. And I so appreciate when you guys tag me and just want to be in touch. And I just want to make sure that I convey what I don't think is always conveyed on social media. The biggest thing I think that I want to share is that I don't feel like I have it all figured out. I mean, I've been, I've been dealing with a METS diagnosis for roughly, I guess, technically six months, but I've only really accepted it for maybe one and a half, maybe two. And I just want you guys to know and to understand and just to be able to clearly convey that like, I don't do everything. I don't do it all. I don't have it all figured out. Um, and especially lately, and especially this last, this last year in 2022, there have been a lot of limitations to like what I could do, a lot of limitations to what I could do physically, um, especially after I had liver surgery and after I had the emergency enucleation when the eye tumor came back. I have tons of emotional waves and roller coasters that I go through on a weekly, sometimes a daily basis, uh, and I just want to, I just want to be authentic and make sure that I like clarify to you guys because I know so many of you guys follow me on my personal page, the Peterson, I think on Instagram. Um, and you guys follow me on Facebook and I love connecting with you guys as a community. I love connecting with everyone that I can connect with. I think it's, it's so, it's so special and unique and, and such a gift to me in this diagnosis that I get to connect because of the nature of my job and because of what I'm so passionate about in this community. Uh, I get to connect with so many of you and I love doing that, but I want to just help you guys, um, by maybe just sharing a few things that I shared when somebody tagged me in a post on Facebook recently. And she, her question was, you know, how do I do it all? And these are just a few of the ideas that I had come to mind when she, when she shared that question with me. So a couple things I want to just kind of preface this with is that there's no right way to do this whole cancer thing. I wrote a post on my own personal page like forever ago when I first was diagnosed where I just kind of came to this realization that like there's no rules. There's no like right way. There's no rule book for how to do the whole cancer thing. But what I do know is that I have to honor where I am and I have to have grace for where I've been. And I saw this um, this reel on, oh, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to pull it up and I'm going to read it to you guys because it was so powerful. Okay, so it says, okay, I need to say this. Healing is not becoming the best version of yourself. Healing is letting the worst version of yourself be loved. So many of us have turned healing into becoming this super perfect, sorry, I had to start it over. Okay, so it's, it's allowing the worst version of yourself to become loved. 
Um, and we've turned healing into becoming the super perfect version of ourselves. That is bondage, right? That's anxiety. That's waiting for things to happen. Healing is saying every single version of you deserves love, deserves tenderness, deserves grace. And when we get to a place where we see and we can empathize with every version of ourselves, even the version of ourselves that we can sometimes be ashamed of, or I would add, could be just not even ashamed of, but just that are the most difficult paths that we walk in our lives, then that's where real healing happens. So this person who had tagged me, she was just saying that her diagnosis happened in December. And I just want to point out a few things that I've learned about trauma from many, many therapists that I follow and that I talk to, therapists in the OMI community, um, outside of the OMI community. Like, And one of the things that I've learned is that the holidays exacerbate the feelings that we have whether we have positive or negative feelings towards our family or towards friends, there's a lot of extra layers and angst that like come with the holiday season with the whole month of December. And that is, that's challenging to tackle and to, you know, to focus on, but there's a few things that you can do. I, I find, or that I would, I would just recommend like not, you know, not as a therapist, but just as, you know, a fellow patient with this cancer, um, as things that I have found helpful over the, the last few years. And that I've found helpful, especially this month, because here's the thing I could, and I, I don't know, I haven't been through next December yet. I'm not there yet, but this December, I could have really given in to this idea that like, this is so traumatic and there's no path forward. And, that, you know, let, I could have let having my eye enucleated right after getting a confirmed liver biopsy for METS, I could have let that determine that the holidays were ruined. I could have let that be this terrible, negative, hard thing. And there's still time, right? Next year, I could, I could let it define everything about the month of December, the month of November, because those months are my birthday. They're my favorite holidays. They're my favorite time of the year. And if I, if I decide to let it, then the negative aspects of what I've experienced in the last few months, they could become what defines the holidays for me moving forward, but they don't have to. So a couple of recommendations I have for any of you who are diagnosed around this time of year, just to know, um, first off, like I said, have grace for the fact that this is a really hard time of year to be dealing with any kind of trauma, to be dealing with any kind of extra layers to a diagnosis. And that's okay. It's okay for it to be really complicated and to take time to figure out. Um, So my first recommendation is over time, just consider doing or finding someone who can help you through trauma-centered therapy. This could be something like EMDR. This could be talk therapy. This could be meeting with a trauma psychologist. There's so many different avenues and so many different ways to make space for the experience of getting a cancer diagnosis or having new layers to your cancer diagnosis occur during the holiday season. One of the other ways that you can do this, if you're kind of in the, the waiting place, because sometimes getting into a therapist or getting into, um, to find that kind of trauma centered therapy can take time. You can write in a journal and you can just give your heavy emotions, the space every month that is triggering. This could be December. This could be, maybe it's the month of your birthday. Maybe it's the month of one of your kids' birthdays or your significant other's birthday. Like if there's some significance to the month that you got diagnosed or the month that something changed in your diagnosis, then consider some journaling, consider, um, taking the time to make space and hold space for every complicated, heavy emotion that comes up during that month or during, you know, during that six months or, you know, whatever it is and just honor them. You don't have to save everything. I had a a Reiki healer that I worked with who she suggested that I don't 
save what I wrote. And so sometimes I'll save what I write and sometimes I find it beneficial and therapeutic to do that. But other times I find I just need to get everything out and then I just need to shred it or I need to burn it. So that's just one idea. Number two is that if you are feeling limited or stuck, um, just look hard. And sometimes it takes a lot of effort, but look hard for just one gift, just one possibility, one thing that's possible in all of the impossibilities. Even if it's just a small little thing that you can find, like, so I just had my eye removed in December. I had my eye removed two weeks before Christmas. And because of that, I went through this period of time where I couldn't drive because it would give me a huge headache from the ocular muscles, just kind of dealing with all of the stress they had just been put under. Okay, so I could, I could choose to focus on how impossible it is for me to drive and how difficult it is, or I could look for the gift of being able to drive with my friends or with my family and have help from people who are willing to give that help. I could look for the possibility of delivery, grocery delivery, Amazon delivery. Like there's so many different ways to shift from what is possible or what's not possible um, the shift from, from what's, what's impossible to what's possible. That's really, that's really an important thing. Even if all you can do is find one thing that can help just kind of keep it from feeling, keep everything that you're feeling and experiencing from feeling so heavy. Um, another thought is that even if you're multiple years into your diagnosis, four years, 50 years, 15 years, 10 years, like it doesn't matter. It's okay for you to be relieved every time that you have clear scans. And it's also okay to have that kind of feeling of survival's guilt that comes when you notice that maybe you are still experiencing no evidence of disease, but someone else that you know is not. It doesn't make you a bad person as a patient or as a friend for having those feelings of relief. It's absolutely possible to be both relieved for yourself and horrified that somebody else that you know and love is experiencing your worst nightmare. That's how this felt for me last year when one of my friends, Lexi, was diagnosed with metastatic disease in December. It was just like this huge pit in my stomach of like absolute terror and just grief and heaviness for her and just empathy, but also like a huge level of relief that like, I wasn't going through that. Of course, that's all changed right now. And like, we, you know, we could talk about that, but, but generally just, just knowing that it's okay. It's okay for you to feel the things that you feel no matter where you are in your diagnosis journey. And that it's okay for there to be a level of relief around, maybe you got clear scans. It's okay to feel devastated if you didn't, or if there's some, some uncertainties that you're, you're dealing with now due to blood work or something that came up in your medical diagnosis. And then my last and final, I guess, advice to you during the holidays or during um, any triggering time of year would be instead of waiting for next December to loom, um, or to, you know, like, become this dark cloud that is, is looming in the future that you're dreading, right? Maybe consider finding a purpose each month of December or November or whatever special month it is that you feel now is kind of marred by your cancer diagnosis. So maybe it's that every day of that month, you find purpose in telling one person a day about ocular melanoma and your story while you wait in the grocery store lines. Maybe it's that you sell, you share um, some of the posts that we have here on the Akira site page. Um, in the month of December, we have the 12 days of sight, and that's an incredible way that you can share every single day for 12 days about what ocular melanoma is and different things that people may not know. There's kind of less well-known, less, less well-known facts about ocular melanoma and about the things that we as patients experience. 
Maybe you start a fundraiser for ocular melanoma in the month of your diagnosis anniversary to benefit patients who need help to get to care or to help with a research project. Maybe you find a new ocular melanoma patient who was diagnosed in the same month as you, like December or whatever month it is, and you offer your personal mentorship and support. In the Ocular Melanoma uh, Cure Insight page, we call it the Cure Companions. You don't have to be signed up on our page to do that. You can just offer your support online. So many people do that for each other, and it's such a powerful way of finding purpose in your own diagnosis. It doesn't make it better. It doesn't mean that you are grateful that this happened to you, but it does help you find purpose and drive and, and help you define this in a way that is allowing you to grow as a person instead of keeping you in this dark and, you know, kind of dreaded, depressed place. Finding some kind of a purpose in your pain helps to change it every year that you experience this, you know, reminder of your diagnosis. You get to define what this journey looks like, not cancer, not how the treatment went, not what side effects you've been dealing with. You decide. You get to redefine the month of your diagnosis, be it December or any other month, however you choose over time. So I just, I feel like I can absolutely relate to so many of the complicated feelings around this month of December, having just had my own enucleation of December in, you know, in the month of December, it was absolutely impossible for me, at least for the holidays to be what they've been before. Everything changes, but the change doesn't have to stay this negative, dark, looming thing. It can grow to be something that you find some meaning in and you find some purpose. So I just, I hope that that is empowering to you guys and that you're able to find some meaning in whatever month of your diagnosis date that is, be it December, be it the month of your birthday, the month of your anniversary, just know that we don't have to give cancer space more than it deserves. I love, I love that kind of fallback. And um, somebody else has said that to me multiple times. I think it was Clay Butler in the community. And I just, I hope that we can continue to remind each other of that. The cancer doesn't deserve more space than it has to fill in our lives. So I just want to encourage you guys, um, give some of these ideas a try. If you have other ideas, please feel free to share them on social media. Share them with me via email. You can email me at danae.akirinsight.org. And I would love to hear your feedback on any of the things that you guys find helpful um, during the anniversary of your diagnosis, just to help you cope and to help you um, find some meaning and some purpose and, and just uh, allow space for everything complicated that comes up in the month of the anniversary of your diagnosis or the anniversary of, you know, your METS changes or just anything. So lots of love, you guys. I hope you're having an amazing start to the new year and hope to be able to chat with more of you guys soon. Thank you so much for joining us today on the I Believe podcast brought to you by Castle Biosciences. Please be sure to subscribe. And if you're so inclined, send this episode over to friends, family, and share on your social media to help spread awareness around OM. If you have a moment, leave us a brief review or consider making a donation to the links in the show notes to keep our podcast going. Feel free to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Acure Insight. We'll see you next time on the I Believe podcast.